Busters, Dreadhawks, and Adjacents continue to give the league the runaround as the lone unbeatens. The Teal Ninjas light up the sky on the LSPs who are still DOA. The defending champs are feeling a little black and blue after a loss to UKGUS. The Big Bad Bills are man on a mission improving themselves with an eruption over the Blue Lasers. And finally, the Tacos are still on Mean Street. It's time to review Week 3 and Preview Week 4 right now from the Chevrolet Virtual Studios. It's the What's on Joe Mind Fantasy Football League Sports Desk. Chevrolet, huh? Yes. I thought with the, the reveal of the new Bronco, we would have Ford, Ford Week. Oh, no. I got a new car this week. Oh, excellent. What'd you get? Chevy. Yeah, Chevy. <laughs> Midlife crisis starts now. We got a Camaro. Nice. 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 Debbie is the greatest, just for the record. She is. Debbie is, in fact, the greatest. She's the greatest. She's the greatest. To, to offset Gary since he's the worst. I outkicked my coverage. <laughs> Granted, that's not setting the bar very high, but <laughs> no. But the degree to which you outkicked your coverage is, is pretty astounding. <laughs> what do we call the Tyler Hudson adjacent plural? Are they the Hudsons? No, I call them the adjacent. I know, but I don't know if that's grammatically correct. I don't care. <laughs> All right, fair enough. This is our show. Fair enough. Gary taking a stand against those bastards at Webster's. So uh, heading into week three, we had three undefeated teams. Heading into week four, we had three, three undefeated, undefeated teams. teams. Week three proved nothing. Week four proved nothing. Let's review it anyway. Starting off, pyramid of touchdowns and a squeaker over the 0-3-1 New England Tacos. Take a little bit of credit for the Tacos being respectable this week. The league office moved in and, and got Tony Romo the hell out of there. Yeah, but you went ahead and jinxed his next quarterback. That, this is also true, but <laughs> again, I'm, I'm not running this team to necessarily win games. I'm just running his team to make sure that, you know, he doesn't play seven guys thanks to injuries and bye weeks. That's really the whole purpose there. It's just a, a flagship team owned by one of the What's On Joe Mind hosts. We can't just be having a joke team getting rolled over every week. That's terrible. So it's just going to be, a, you know, pick up a guy for a buy, you know, sub out on the bench, kind of a kind of a deal. The quarterback injury probably gave up gave, gave him the loss. It, it, it likely did. It's uh, only eight points out of Trevor's uh, Simeon taking a powder in the second quarter with the uh, separated non-throwing shoulder. Uh, the good news is he is expected to play next week, so I don't have to make any corresponding roster moves. Uh, but uh, looking back, uh, Pyramid of Touchdowns, the way was led by the Broncos' defense with 15 points in their win over Tampa Bay. Uh, 11 points for Sean Lee, 11 points for Jimmy Graham, 11 points for Devontae Freeman. Uh, not much else going on. Steven Guskowski, negative two. When's the last time that's happened? I don't know. Steven Guskowski, you know, didn't lose the game for the Patriots, almost lost the game for Pyramid of Touchdowns. Uh, meanwhile, the Tacos, 17 points for the freshly uh, reinstated Le'Veon Bell. No relation. 20 points for for Matt Jones of the flex spot. Strong flex play, because I'm the man. And uh, not much else going on on this terrible, terrible roster. Jarvis Landry had an off week. We already touched on Trevor Simeon. Uh, Jack Doyle is the, the one week where Andrew Luck didn't throw to him. Come on, Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle, tight end, private eye. Bendarek McKinney, Reggie Nelson combined for 16 points in the defensive spots. Uh, so not bad there. Uh, Giants defense was the best of what's around. And uh, Justin Tucker, you know, he's Baltimore's kicker. Kicker got him seven points. Go team. 
Congratulations, Pyramid of Touchdowns. Uh, unofficially dealing me a loss for the first time in probably the nine years since I've actually played fantasy football. Through the three and one. They are uh, three and one, second in the Hama. From a pyramid of touchdowns, you know, looking at their overall team score and clearly being carried the entire season by that Broncos defense, um, as Eli Manning is the lowest scoring quarterback besides um, the not started Tom Brady. Um, I believe the term is sucking up the joint. <laughs> so there are some other quarterbacks out there on the wire. So, you know, there you know, for a team that's three and one and averaging over a hundred points in this league with, with some good skill players and a defense, there is an opportunity to get them. Yes. I tend to think that Eli really only has up to go at this point. That that Minnesota defense is they cause nightmares. They're tremendous. Speaking for a person who's been on the uh, receiving end, not receiving end of some fantasy football wins because the Minnesota defense has shut some people out. Thank you, Minnesota. <laughs> we'll get to him later. So uh, Fort Fort Wadsworth uh, in a heartbreaker. God falls to Charlottesville, 105-103. <sighs> Drops the one Ws to uh, one and three. White Nuffmans go to two and two. It's going to be one of those seasons. I think our few fans, our 12 fans, really they only listen to hear you get all dyspeptic over things. This Gary Gotso segment brought to you by Tums. Extra stretch Tums. IBM, you make the call. Charlottesville led with by Russell Wilson and his big 30 points. Uh, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, 16 for, for Shady McCoy, 14 for Emmanuel Sanders, 13 for the Bengals' defense over the hapless Dolphins. Uh, just a good effort by the, the Fight Nuffmans. Good effort for the uh, the, the Adsorth Warriors, too, for that matter. 31 from Derek Carr, 23 from DeMarco Murray, quietly having an outstanding season in Tennessee. And he hasn't even played the Colts yet. Yeah, too bad it's for the Titans, because <laughs> otherwise somebody might pay attention. Uh, 11 out of Torrey Jefferson, the Arizona safety, and uh, 10 out of Alan Hearns uh, in the close win over the Colts in London. One point apiece out of Gronk and Edelman, though. That, that, That's good offense. Me. Just killing me. New England offense last week, dealing out some donuts. Ooh. I thought I'd never say this, but thank God Brady's back. <laughs> hey, hey, Gary, it's okay. It's fantasy football. You can turn on your own morals, your own fandom. Fantasy football pride on and uh, it's it's okay. I'm glad there's rules to this. He can't do it. He can't do it. He's just upset that the Tom Brady <laughs> revenge tour is going to start, and he's not going to have a part of it. That was last year. It's going on. It's part two, baby. Part two. It's the Hell Freezes Over tour. <laughs> Gary, you'll be happy to know that so far Gronk this season has given you the third lowest tight end output in the league. I didn't need you to tell me that at all. Wow, there's two lower. I knew that. He had, what, one catch? Yeah, he had one catch for 11 yards. Enough for three points. There's there's a point. And that is only point he scored all year. Booyah. Yeah. Outscored Jack Doyle. Private eye. That's right. Las Vegas, holding off the outpost, 108-85. UKagus. Yeah, no. Chris McLeod improves to 2-1-1. What's up with that? Chris McLeod's a ringer. Like Zach Hoffman, he's a ringer. I've never played this before. <laughs> that was terrible, Mike. I know. Why do you sound like and Oliver? It, it's terrible and, on purpose. <laughs> it's terrible because you didn't end it with Govna. Govna. There you go. I got, a, I got a bad sinus cold, I got a chest cold, and I'm trying to do a terrible English accent on purpose. That's as good as it's going to be. 
But uh, 21 out of Phil Rivers for the RSFs. 18 for Antonio Brown. 20, I'm sorry, 19 out of Jordan Reed. Uh, 13 out of the Bills defense pitching the shutout. 10 out of Josh Lambeau. 10 out of Mark Barron. Just big weeks all over the place. Uh, adding up to that 108. Uh, 85 for Oregon Outpost. 788. Just a tough week there. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, nothing. You'd figure something would have happened playing against the Browns. Mm. Uh, Blake Bortles gave him 29. David Johnson gave him a dozen. Greg Olson had a nice game in the uh, Tecmo Bowl for <laughs> Carolina. 13 for Bobby Wagner. What's on Joe Mine Football League Hall of Famer, Bobby Wagner. But uh, this the, the Panthers' defense, one point worse than this podcast. Defending champs, one and three. Didn't they go to the Super Bowl last year, the Panthers? Much like the Oregon Outpost, yeah. Yeah, no, no hangover there, though. <laughs> we know Aaron Rayfield's working hard. Where's the Panthers' defense? From a Panthers defense standpoint, you know, dropping your two starting cornerbacks, one of them all world, and starting two rookies, that GM decision is not paying off so far. It's not working out for them, though. Because they still have studs up the middle, but they don't have much of a pass rush from the outside, and those corners are getting beaten badly weekly. So, yeah, good good assessment on that one, Jamie. It's not hard to see why the, the Panthers have fallen the way they have. It's a bigger problem there than I would have thought it was. Moving forward, Seattle stays perfect 4-0, uh, beating up the horror show 99-91. Kind of a tough loss for Jamie Creech. 91 is going to keep you competitive. Uh, would have won a couple of games this week, uh, but not, not this one. This week was so far the biggest average scoring week at 97.2. Nice. So 91 points actually below average. Yes. This week, yes. You suck, Jamie Creech. How do you like that one? <laughs> How do you like that? Heel turn, NWO style. 99 points for the Dreadnoughts. Uh, just everybody with double digits. Nobody really blew anyone away. Uh, Steve Smith and Cam Newton at 17 apiece. 11 apiece for Kyle Rudolph and, uh, and TJ Yeldon. 10s for CJ Anderson. Texans defense, Steven Hauschka. Uh, just getting contributions up and down the roster. Andrew Luck had 20 for the Horror Show. 20 for Will Fuller, the Houston receiver. Another guy quietly having a very good season. Uh, Demarius Thomas, 15 uh, in the loss. And then yeah, just kind of some, some spare change here and there. Cairo Santos, what happened? Cairo Santos kicking as well as this podcast. Zero. Not to want to help out a fellow undefeated person, but there is, you know, for a team that's undefeated, uh, there's some roster moves that could be made. Uh, having Michael Bennett in there on a weekly basis uh, is produ- not producing a ton of points in the defensive position in this league where as we get into the buys, you're going to need some more consistency. And there are some linebackers out there still getting eight to ten tackles. You're asking yeah. an awful lot of Zach to pull out a Seattle player. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, there's got to be a Seattle linebacker available. Well, probably. We know Bobby Wagner, the Hall of Famer. He's not going anywhere. He's he's spoken for. What's on Joe Mine lifetime achievement defensive player? Bobby Wagner. We got a spot in the front office waiting for him when he's done. Yeah. Absolutely. Chuck Busters, stay unbeaten. 106 to 71 and a half over Darklonia. Uh, Darklonia, they really can't wait for Tom Brady to come back. <laughs> Although they got Dak Prescott. I mean, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Dak Prescott's not going to kill you. He's going to just kind of very yeomanly pile up some numbers here and there. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's not giving anything back. Uh, finally had a, a couple of couple of scores himself against the, the Niners there. So he got himself 21. Brian Hoyer actually outdid him, though, for the Chuckbusters. 24 out of the Bears. Nominal backup, probably going to keep the job when Cuddy Love comes back. Did he start Randall Cobb? Chuck Busters took the week off. Randall Cobb got the bye. (laughs) 
Not the start. <laughs> Didn't matter. This week's taco award goes to. I, I, I think. Chuck I think looking at that roster, that was a decision, and he didn't want to cut Latavius Murray or Jamar Charles. I really think that was a, a conscious decision because he he picked up Brian Hoyer. I think he knew. But that's I just true. Think he, I think that's a calculated risk. That's true. He is dealing with a serious strength there on the bench with those tailbacks because Jamal Charles didn't really play a whole lot against against Pittsburgh in the loss. Latavius Murray, he went down early, I believe, so I don't know how, how good Latavius Murray's going to be going forward, but I can see keeping Jamal Charles around because that's a weapon. Uh, that's a, that's a, but uh, the Navarro Bowman injury is, uh, but uh, one thing that this league has on the waiver wire is linebacker depth and tackle, so I don't think that will hurt him too much, but uh, the Vikings underperformed. Uh, not actually on the field against the Giants, but for, for them, seven points is their lowest output of the season so far. Woo! Go Giants! Woo! This, uh, this Chuck Busters lineup top to bottom is going to be tough to beat. They're There's loaded. some waiver wire pickups. You know, that, that Michael Christian pickup that you know he picked up off the waiver wire with Rawls going down is, is starting to pay dividends. Isn't that Christian Michael? Yeah. Christian Michael, Michael Christian, either way. Cameron Jordan, way. Jordan Cameron. Yep. Boom. Done. There you go. It's Christian Michael. It's still the taco play of the week. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, we did talk about Dark Loney at that. Jack Prescott with 21. Uh, 15 for Mark Ingram and not much else. Even a bad week for his defensive guys. Like, you know, J- Jamie Collins and Carlos Dansby, they were part of good defensive efforts by their teams. Didn't contribute much. Ten and a half points total between the two of them. Uh, not that it necessarily would have helped a whole lot. They only scored 71 and a half as a team. Uh, Dark Lonia just wanting week four to go away. Uh, on the bench... Tyler Eifert, out. Tom Brady, out. Des Bryant, out. Lovely. Lacking for depth. Two and two with those three guys all hurt or coming suspended, so he's still in this. He's hanging around. He's hanging around. Time to do a little roster bait, though. Mm. You know he's going to. Obviously going to that bench. Yeah. Okay. Buffalo Wild Bills go to 100 and a half. Uh, over Mishawaka, 85 and a half to uh, push themselves to three and one. Jim and Craig fall to one and three because there are pros. <laughs> <laughs> we had directors' chairs with their names on them in the studio. We just took them out back, threw them on a fire. They're done. They're done, Mishawaka. You had one week. One week. Look at freaking Melvin Gordon. Where the hell was that last year? Yeah, he, he had a great. Melvin Gordon had one of those great fantasy weeks but he single-handedly submarine the San Diego Chargers in real life with his fumbling. So 17 points for him. Uh, 17 for Tyrod Taylor. 20 for Ezekiel Elliott. Again, I will step back now and say that he's the real deal. He's showing us something, but damn it, now that he's playing well, we don't hear a thing about him. Well, we got to hear about Des Bryant. We got to hear about Z- Dak Prescott. We got to hear about Tony Romo. But now that Ezekiel Elliott is throwing up some numbers, we don't hear about Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott hasn't played a snap in the NFL. I'm hearing about him three times a day. I'm hearing about what kind of peanut butter he likes on his sandwich. I don't care. Stop it, NFL. I hate the NFL media machine. Uh, 15 for Jarek McKinnon, 11 for the Seahawks D, and yes, I understand the irony of hating the NFL media machine on a fantasy football podcast. It's chunky. It is chunky. Chunky Peter Pan, yes. 
Mishawaka, off week from Drew Brees, only 14. 23 out of A.J. Green, 14 for the Rams defense. Rams, 3-1. and one. The hell? They're doing the same crap they did in St. Louis. They're winning. I don't understand. You can't, you can't fire Derek. You can't fire. Hold on here. Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher. <laughs> I had to go through my, to go through my famous Fishers there for a second. You can't fire Jeff. You can't fire Steve Fisher. What the hell, Michigan? There is still, there is still <laughs> three quarters of a t- uh, there is still three quarters worth of a season's worth of terrible offensive decisions to make. That Derek Fisher is a hell of a coach. Case Keenum, the new Case Keenum. You know what? Case Keenum is one of those guys where you love what he brings to the huddle, and you hate everything. He can't really run. He can't really throw. But man, he commands that huddle. And he gets the most out of a terrible offense, and he's actually starting to make some plays for them. So good on Case Keenum. I feel good for him, if nothing else. Of course, they screwed over the the city I live in, so screw the Rams. (laughs) But uh, only five out of LeGarrette Blunt, the league's leading rusher. That's a tough week right there. Just kind of a kind of an off week for Mishawaka, all things considered. Uh, we, they, they have a pretty good lineup, but they just had a, a couple of guys that didn't really show. Marvin Jones, Kobe Fleener. Under any other circumstance, I'd be taking a lot of glee at the Patriots being shut out last week. And I, I really didn't feel any of it. This I, The hater in me just went away. <laughs> the hater. Fantasy football at its worst right there, Gary. And uh, we got the, uh, as noted before, Springfield gets off the shine. One and three with a 145 and a half point explosion <laughs> on the Long Island LSBs. That's not the, just the double up. Double up. Uh, uh. That's almost the triple up. Wow. What are we going to do if we get a triple up? What the hell sound effect is it for that? Uh, play the double up sound three times. Maybe. I, I, <laughs> maybe just kind of splice it together. There you go. Uh, double, double up. Double, uh, uh, uh. Uh, double, double. Uh, uh, uh. I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused. I'll get the marketing department on it here. Yeah, really. Get some people on that. Get some interns on that one. We're good. But uh, Springfield, 42 points out of Matt Ryan uh, playing Atlanta's Tech Mobile offense. Uh, speaking of um, double up, I mean, he was double dipping in that game because the next player you're going to talk about is... Yeah, Julio Jones and his 36 was the recipient of a lot of that. That is a devastating combination to have. How is Tommy Fauntleroy only 1-3 with both of those guys on his team? Come on. Come on! Oh, Carlos Hyde at 13, 14 for Frank Gore, who's quietly having a pretty good year. Preston Brown, nine and a half, the Buffalo linebacker, 16 points out of the niche. Big week from the Cincinnati kicker, 56 points for the LSPs. Wow. Uh, I mean, 56 points. Poor rock. I'm looking to see if maybe the bench would have helped. And <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just don't help like that. Yeah, the fact that Orleans Darkwood was on your bench with 10 points. I'm not going to necessarily call that a bad play. He's Orleans Darkla. You had 15 out of Brandon Marshall, 10 out of Rashad Jones. Uh, nothing of any consequence anywhere else, including eight points out of Ryan Tannehill. Negative three for the Chiefs defense, which says that Gary, Jamie, and myself uh, played better defense last week than the Chiefs. Frankly, in a 43-14 to 14 game, there's an argument for that, legitimately. Everything around me is Gary Island. <laughs> Simply by staying home and being on the couch. We played better defense than the Chiefs. And, and Mike, to, to your point, the Springfield Teal Ninjas so far are the unluckiest team in the league. <laughs> I'll debate that. 
with two losses while scoring above the league average in a week. I'll still debate that. Yeah, no, it's really it's Springfield, man. They they they've exploded. They should be better than three and one and three rather uh, with the number of points they've thrown on the board. They're in the running for the Kavanaugh for Pete's sake. No, I'm still debating that. According to Jamie Johnson's lucky factor, Gary, your math is wrong. <laughs> Gary's hating you. Two math. losses by three points. Yeah, who's unlucky? Now, Gary, this week you could have deserved a win, but the week you lost to me didn't really deserve to win anyway because you scored 76. That's points. bullshit. Anyways, <laughs> considering what you scored, that's bullshit. No, well, like Gary, Gary, I'm the luckiest team. That's for sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that is our game of the week. Jamie Johnson and Tyler Hudson Jays going to 4-0. Uh, earning it this time around 125-113 to over the Paris Dynamites. Debbie's kind of had a couple of tough losses in that regard. Yeah. But uh, 44 points out of Ben Roethlisberger in that unholy bludgeoning of a football game. Uh, 17 for Terrence West. 13 for Will Compton, the Washington linebacker. 10 for Lamar Miller. 11, Allen Robinson. Uh, Zach Miller had an off week, only nine. It's tight ends in this league without Gronkowski. It's it, Nine is pretty damn good. Meanwhile, the, the fighting Debbies, 22 out of Kirk Cousins. 24 out of Zach Brown, who was all world against the Patriots. 13 for Jordan Howard, the Chicago tailback. Uh, 12 for Hunter Henry, 10 for T.Y. Hilton in some Colts home cooking, 10 for the ageless Adam Vinatieri. I thought going into Monday night she had a shot in this game, but Beckham just implodes. Hey, Beckham is right now is a terrible receiver. If you need offensive points and, you're go- and your player's going against Minnesota, that's not a good place to be. It's just no, not a good place to he's be. He's the kind of a player, though, that if the Giants were going to win that game, it was going to probably be because of a, of a huge individual effort on his part, and he did not have it in him. He just took himself out of that game mentally, so the Giants were toast. The Giants aren't a terrible team at the skill uh, skill spots. Uh, they're a little soft on the line, but they, they can move the ball when they need to. But um, if that guy's not making the engine go, they get real ordinary real quick. He's a head case. Speaking of soft, emotionally soft, opposing players get into his head so easily. The Giants got themselves a problem. Yeah, I'd sit him. I'd sit him in real life. I'd sit him in fantasy. I don't think this is getting any better. He doesn't run routes anymore. He doesn't try to catch with two hands anymore. He keeps trying to make these circus catches with it with his one mitt and trying to get himself on a highlight reel, and he doesn't produce anymore. It's terrible. And then he takes himself out of the game with silly penalties and trash talk, and he's just he's awful. He's not going to get any better until he clams up and goes back to work. So there's my rant for the, the NFL. Disgruntled Giants fan as they fall to two and two. But that's week four. We'll take a second here and, and recap your standings. We did not recap standings last week because it was week three and screw the standings. Nobody cares about standings in week three. But week nope. four, we're all about it. All week about four, it. We're all about it. It's the, it's the quarter pole, man. We gotta, you got to get standings at the quarter pole. It's important. It's important. In the Hama, Tyler Hutchinson and Jay sits on top with a 4-0 record. Pyramid touchdowns keeps pace at 3-1. Las Vegas is surprising 2-1-1, one one, game and a half out in third place. Paris and Charlottesville at 2-2, two two, two games back. Oregon Outpost and Fort Watsworth Warriors at 1-3, and three, three games out. And the Justin Bell New England Tacos at 0-3-1, three and one, three and a half games back. In the Dixon, the Chuck Busters and the Dreadnoughts are fighting it out at 4-0. Buffalo Wild Bills at 3-1 are a game back. Darklonia still in this at 2-2. Two two. Uh, Mishawaka Horror Show and Springfield at 1-3. And the hapless LSP is at 0-4. Come on, Brock. Come on, Brock. Come on, man. I feel your pain, Brock. I'm tough here. (laughs) 
the Chuck Busters are uh, currently in the lead for the Kavanaugh. 473 points. Uh, 448 for the Natamites are, are certainly in the hunt. Uh, 433 for Mishawaka. 433 for Springfield. I got some business there. Nobody's really running away with that one yet. Uh, really, the only teams that I would I would count out are, of course, the LSPs uh, and the Tacos and Jamie because he managed to win three games scoring a combined 50 points. <laughs> so, however that worked out. Fantasy football defense, baby. Ooh, I'm not here to win. I'm here to make you suck. He's got a deep pool of linebackers. Deep pool. Jamie coaches like Belichick. He understands defense. Oh, he cheats. Okay. And filming your opponents. Jamie films his opponents in the showers, though. It's not quite the same. (laughs) Anyway. Jamie's like, I wish I was a loofah. (laughs) As as we get our vague cheap shot. those towels to be a little bit shorter, boys. Those towels to be a little bit shorter. Looking forward to week five. Harris flies to New England for their taco game. Nanomites by 25. I have some bye weeks in there we need to adjust. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. Or the team just sucks, really. I was pleased that I managed to get them to break 70, frankly. Jamie Dodson plays host to Las Vegas RSFs. One and one at four and zero. Oh. That's a, a big, a big one for Jamie. That might be game of the week right there. We'll see. Certainly got the potential. Fort Wadsworth travels out to the Pyramid of Touchdowns. One and three against three and one. Uh, so Gary probably. Come on, Gary. Uh, Come on, buddy. Come on. Oh, Pyramid of Touchdowns is a little down. They got kind of a gimme week last week. So that's a that's a soft three and one for Pyramid of Touchdowns. So what's that make me a hard one and three? Makes you a hard one and three, baby. Hard. Ugh. The one thing we do know is the Long Island LSPs are not a a hard 0-4. They are a soft 0-4. They are a limp and soft 0-4. Charlottesville goes out to Oregon 2-2 two two against 1-3. Charlottesville has a chance to maybe make a move. Come on, Rayfield. Uh, <laughs> Horror show pays visit to Darklonia. Tom Brady Revenge Tour pulls out of the station this week. This is going to be entertaining to see. Anyway, uh, Mishawaka goes out to Seattle 1-3 against 4-0. Tough place to be if you're Mishawaka. You need a big week there. And that's not a guy who's going to roll over and give it to you. LSPs get to play the Chuckbusters, so get Sir Mix-a-Lot on deck. It's not getting any better. <laughs> An 0-4 team going against a 4-0 team. Hey, wait, hold on. If, if nobody makes any roster lineup changes there, that's an even old that game is a pick, right now. That is a pick em right now, but uh, I have a feeling uh, Ty Sams is going to make some adjustments. Anyways, uh, Springfield flies into Buffalo 1-3 against 3-1. and Tommy Folleroy in search of some, some wins. That's a, a big one there. So that is week five uh, when we will be embarrassing ourselves and not entertaining you in six or seven days, depending on what our schedules say. Jamie Johnson, your thoughts on the What's On, on My Fantasy Football League week five. Week five? I need Gary to give me a W. Come on, Gary. Come on. If you win and I win, then I got a two-game week. Gary, maybe you can't be good, but but together we can make me good. Gary Godso, your rebuttal. Apparently, together, we can make a difference. <laughs> that only helps him. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> Gary just wants another W so he can start calling himself Fort Wadsworth. I got to rebuild my team name, first of all, but I just really need the pain to stop at this point. Debbie's still a game up on you, too, so don't forget that. All that matters is Couch Bowl. When is Couch Bowl this year? Week 7. Week 7. Week 7 is Couch Bowl. 
my thoughts. It's interesting being back at the, the general manager's desk again. I remember why I hate fantasy football. You hate it because you're general manager of the tacos. Yeah. Well, there's that. <laughs> Let's be honest here now. Sometimes the season turns south on you and there isn't much you can do about it. You're just, you're, you know already, you're just playing out the string and Really, I'm never going to undo something that Justin does. It's just we don't know why he's not logging in. My apologies if you're expecting a game where he scored 40 points and an easy walk win for you. I'm going to just at least make sure that there's a full lineup every week. So my apologies uh, if that offends anyone's fantasy football sensibilities. But hey, we got a little bit of a reputation uphold. Well, Debbie is due for the annual get beat by the last place team. That is true. She has not suffered an embarrassing loss yet. And that's typically what happens. At the hands of the tacos. The tacos, or one year it was the horror show, was like they were like 0-9 or something, and she lost to them. There's been some bad losses for the Nanamites in the past, and so... I blame management. (laughs) Well... Gary, Gary, head head to the couch in week five already. (laughs) Gary's getting the couch warmed up. He's getting his butt crack crevice. Apparently it's the only surface I'm going to do well on this year. He's not good on grass, he's not good on turf, but he's great on couch. I am great on couch. So we'll move forward to the big leagues. Jamie Johnson, your thoughts on the NFL going into week five. Looking at the league and overall QB play, three, four years ago, you know, you still had Brady and Manning at the top of their game, Breeze and Rodgers between retirements and those guys getting aged. It's none of these young guys have stepped into that role. They're just, you know, they're good, but they're just inconsistent. Luck just does not look like you would want somebody in game five in week season five, you know, there's some issues, there's injuries or whatever, but they just don't look the way Russell Wilson is inconsistent. So I just don't see those. I mean, Are you not a believer in Gabbert mania? I am not. I just don't, from my viewpoint at this point in time, those guys, you know, when you're going to be the guy and I mean, just you're going to consistently win and your team's going to put up nine, 10 wins a season, no matter what's going on. Um, you know, and, you know, we all thought Luck would be that guy, and I'm not criticizing saying he's not good, but even if you put uh, Tom Brady from four years ago on this this Colts squad, they would be a better ball club of mine. Even with all the problems with the offensive line and all of that, I just I don't see that, I guess, elite status these guys have. And I think they're more, you know, comparisons more to Joe Flacco, where there's going to be runs where you're fantastic and there's going to be a couple games that are duds. And, and I just think that's the state of these guys. And I don't know if it's just we're in that lull if college football is just not prepping these guys to be that good. I don't know where it lands, but that's just, you know, what I'm seeing. I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with you if you put Brady from three or four years ago into the Colts offense right now, would he be better than Luck? Even if you're looking at Brady from three or four years ago, Brady from three or four years ago was still rattled by a, a pass rush, and protection is still protection. It doesn't matter who you have back there behind the quarterback, because you still need to give your good quarterbacks time to throw. I'm not quite sure that if you put Brady back there, the Colts would be any better than what they are now. That just offensive line is horrible. How dare you disagree with me, Gary? But everything else you said, I agree with. I think we did have a run of guys who stepped in and were ready to go a lot sooner than expected, and I think it threw off expectations for what's realistic for the next generation. Russell Wilson was able to step in on day one and, and be serviceable or better. Uh, he's certainly better than that now, but you know, back as a rookie, he was he was okay. But a lot of those other guys, they just they just weren't. Carson Wentz looks like he is, but you know who looks like he made the leap, and it's kind of right in tune with more of a traditional quarterback's growth arc, Matt Ryan. 
dude's just in command. Yeah, I thought he was going to be in that role. I was a, a big fan, but just the last couple of years that I think, you know, it's just one of those injuries, bad O-line, whatever. But, I, you no, know, this, I, this I is think, This is what, year eight? Yeah. But that's, that's what we're used to seeing quarterbacks kind of make that turn, and that's when they're either awesome or they suck. And, and so Matt Ryan kind of hitting this spot now makes sense. And I think we were spoiled by Peyton Manning showing up and being awesome as a rookie and Tom Brady showing up and being awesome in what it was essentially his rookie year. Although spending a season on the bench behind a guy as good as Drew Bledsoe, you can't take away from the experience there. So he had a little bit of an edge when he finally started to play. Remember, when he first came in, he wasn't all-world. He was considered a game manager when he came in. He was, but he but he didn't make mistakes, and he made the throws he had to make. He would certainly... That's what a game manager does. I would certainly put him early on in that better-than-average camp. I'm not going to say that he was all-world right away, but he was certainly better than we expected him to be. I think that Patriots defense really helped him out that first year. Look, you know I'm a believer <laughs> in the Patriots defense. I think the Patriots defense has been the secret to all of it. I think when the Patriots got away from defense, they stopped being an elite team. And now that they're back with defense, they're an elite team again. Like Aaron Rodgers was successful right when we first learned about him, but he sat behind Brett Favre for four years. A lot of these guys, they, they get thrown into the fire right away. It's like all of a sudden, oh, well, college gets these guys ready for the pro game like it never been before. And frankly, that's bull. They're just it, not ready for the them, speed. Right. It gets them. They're more prepared from what we used to see from rookies. You know, like they're not like deer in headlights anymore and they're not atrocious. But somewhere between year one and three, it's just those leaps just haven't been made. Oh, and you can't really say that Carson Wentz was out of a big-time program playing in a big-time conference. So nothing against North Dakota State. They were five-time, basically, 1AA champions at one point, and it's a great program, but it's a, and effectively a 1AA program. It's not like he's coming out of the SEC. When you think about those quarterbacks that are coming right out of the SEC, when's the last one that's really made a big difference? It's probably Cam. Yeah. Gary, back to your point. Are you saying that North Dakota State is the five-time Five-time, five-time world champions. Yes, Booker T. Yes. Nice. Can you dig it? I don't expect <laughs> Gary to pick up the wrestling references. I was all set to jump in there when Gary fumbled it, but no. <laughs> Touchdown, Gary Guts. Spin a Rooney. We gotta get Gary an NWO T-shirt. He's <laughs> gonna give me a white T-shirt with NWO spray painted on. <laughs> we'll attack him at the BW3. Lay him out. Just spray it on his stomach. I think it's a little of column A and a little of column B. I think some of these guys are getting held up a little bit because offensive line units don't exist anymore. The middle class of the NFL used to be linebackers and linemen and interior linemen like centers and guards, and that's kind of gone away. It's like now you have one star in your offensive line, and you piecemeal the rest together, and if it doesn't work, then they change it up three or four times over the course of the year because nobody can be patient, and if you have a great offensive line, well, you just kind of luck into one. I mean, how many teams last year had offensive lines that looked terrible early on, but by the end of the season were pretty serviceable. The Colts were in that group. The Giants were in that group. I know that from watching both of them firsthand. Uh, those the Bears were not in that group. The Bears were not in that group, but the Bears also had injuries. Uh, like Kyle Long got hurt, and that was kind of the end of them. Again, one, one star, and then the rest of it gets made, put together out of, out of loose pieces. I don't think roster construction is doing the current crop of quarterbacks any favorites. The salary cap as it is, and the fact that the quarterbacks and receivers are taking up so much space on the front end of that payroll really hurts their depth and really hurts the middle of, of your roster. And, you know, Dallas was in a real tough situation 
last year because Tony Romo got hurt, and that was pretty much the end of him. There was nobody to back that up, even competently. Uh, and they kind of lucked into one this year and that they found a fourth-round pick who can hang in there and, and be the game manager in his place. It's kind of a two-fold problem, I think. It's, it's that... Yeah, these guys have better fundamentals and they have a better knowledge of off offense. They're certainly more educated and more refined than they were a few years ago. But I, I don't think there's any making up for the speed difference, even playing big time college ball to the NFL. And it takes a couple of years to fully adjust to that. But then it, it's, it is the roster around them. I don't know what the solution is for that, because it, it either you have to raise your salary cap, which these owners aren't going to do, or you ask your star quarterbacks and your star receivers and your one-star defensive player to make less money, and I think very few of them are going to be willing to do that. That's where that Patriots model of Tom Brady staying at $18 million and Bill Belichick willing to walk away from some higher-priced veterans um, in spots he can coach up has you know, made them you know, a, at a minimum, a division-winning contender for a decade and a half. That's a pretty division too though yeah they're not they're not they're not doing them a, a whole lot of favors there how dare you mock Buttolo? how dare you but when the biggest threat you have in 14 years is the mark sanchez jets your division is soft <laughs> there's only one word for it soft soft s-a-w-f-t Mark Sanchez, North Korea, best line ever. <laughs> the U.S. State Department has dispatched Mark Sanchez to North Korea to find Kim Jong-il and overthrow him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on out of here. Gary Gotso, Jamie Johnson, I'm Mike Arizari. Uh, join us again next week for the What's Not Joe Biden Fantasy Football League. Where our motto is still undecided, but in the meantime, Gary will say, See you at one and four. <laughs> Good night, everybody.